Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we worship you this morning. We thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, God, for that grace. Thank you for that mercy. Thank you, Father God, for your word in our hearts, Lord. Your word speaking to us, Father, speaking through us. And through that, we have peace and we have joy and we have thanksgiving. We have understanding in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I just give you praise and glory and honor this morning. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to come and to serve and to give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, the word always said to be in season and out. Amen. Kevin has a little voice issues this morning, so he did give me a warning yesterday that that might happen. And I was, you know, he sent me a text this morning, and I thought it said, I'm going to be able to sing this morning. So I sent a text and said, thank you, PTL, praise the Lord. And he probably thought, well. And then I told him when he got here, I looked at it later, and I was like, oh, man, that says I'm not going to be able to but Praise the Lord. Continue to pray God to continue to heal him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're going to talk to you this morning. We're going to, I'm going to share with, talk to you about the, int- the intent of the heart. And, I, you know, as I was doing this, I was going through some of my older, older notes and different things, and I'm like, wow. The intent of the heart. You know that we all have intentions of the heart. And they need to be the right intentions. And in this day and time, you know, our, te- our attention, intent, and in most of us is focused on things and the world and what it benefits us, right? Everybody says, if it don't benefit me, then I don't want anything to do with it. Well, there are a lot of things that God will have you to do that doesn't benefit any, you at all. It benefits someone else. And, I, and that's what we'll be going to be talking a little bit about that. But the word intent, it means the act or fact of intending. It means purpose. And this last part, especially it means the state of mind with which an act is done. The state of mind of which an act is done. Um, I don't know if you, and I have, but if you ever had the Lord to ask you to do something, and you didn't really want to do it. So the intent of your heart wasn't as what it should have been. <laughs> you know, and I, oh, I find out about that. If it's not, it usually don't work out like it should have. And like it could have. And, and maybe it does okay, but not as good as it should have. Could have, should have, would have, right? But, but the intent of our heart, the state of mind in which an act is done. I mean, when you think about that. It makes maybe I was just thinking about all the times that I did things that my, the intent in my heart wasn't right, and and it, and it really was focused on me. And like I said, this day and time, even in the church and everywhere else, there's so much. It's about what it, you know. People go. I know people that go in and out of churches all the time. They can't find one because they're like, well, they just don't satisfy my need. They're not giving me what I want. Well, you know, if you go in the attitude with Lord. Oh, you got me here, and what would you have me to do? That's the way it should be. Not, 
you know. And in the word, I don't have this in my notes, but I was looking at the, the word intention. You know, it, the, it's, listen to this definition. The object for which a prayer, mass, or pious act is offered. The object. Intention is the object for what the reason, let's might say. Why did you do that? Why are you doing what you do? Is it because, you know, I was thinking about like in the, let me go to the next part. Why do you do the things you do? You ever thought about that? You know, a lot of people say, well, that's just the way I was raised. Or that's just the way God made me, so I do it that way. Maybe. <laughs> but a lot of times we do things because that's what we've learned to do. That's the way we've learned to do it. You ever learn to do something and find out it was a lot better way? And you go like, wow, if I'd have known this 20 years ago, well, you know what? If we do things God's way, it's a lot better way. So why do you do the things you do? What is your intention? What is your intent? What is the intent of your heart? Is it for self-gain or self-gratification? Is that what it's all about? Because for the majority, that's what it's all about. It makes me feel good or, I, you know, we get in a lot of trouble when we go there. Just because it makes me feel good. Um, but what is the intent? What, why do you do the things that you do? You know, um, Proverbs 4.23 says, and I, I, don't, did I, I don't think I have that either, but that's okay. I just, don't want you to, I just want you to know that Matt's doing a good job and he's not missing my things. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Wow, the intent of your heart steers the course of your life. Whatever the, you know, thank God that um, I found Jesus and the intent of my heart changed. And my, the course of my life began to go in a different direction. And Jesus, the intention, you know, Jesus had intent in his heart to do what the Father said to do. He came to earth. You know, he came to earth to heal to do good and to save lives. Praise the Lord. And that his intention was to do what his father asked him to do. If we can get that into our thinking, we're here to do what our father God asks us to do, what he tells us to do. Jesus said, I only hear what the father says. I don't listen to that other stuff. We need to get our minds like this. So we listen to what God says and not what the enemy says or what all the other people that have good ideas. You know, you can have a good idea and it not be a God idea, right? You can just do things. And sometimes we do things and we waste our time doing good things when we ought to be doing God things. And in real, you know, all intent leads to some kind of action. Whether it's a good intention or bad intention, it leads to action, right? It leads to you doing something. So I want to read this and Acts 8th chapter, and we're going to talk a little bit about a man named Simon. It says, starting in the 18th verse. When Simon saw the Spirit was given when the apostles laid hands on the people, he offered money to buy this power. Isn't that something? Now, at this time, he had, he had you know, had accepted Christ, so he was Christian, right? 
But he saw this and he's like, man, I want that. Not knowing that he didn't have to do that to get it. He just had to trust God and to study the word and, and, and to become more, more like Jesus. But he was ready to pay for it. Well, I just, whatever, don't, it, you know, I, I can just see him now. Whatever it costs, I want that. Give that to me. Next, he said, let me have this power too, he exclaimed, so that when I lay my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. And so Peter said, okay. <laughs> no. But Peter replied, may your money be destroyed with you for thinking God's gifts can be bought. Wow. God's gifts can't be bought. You know what? You can't do enough good things to get God's gift. You can't do, it can't be bought. You can't buy it. You can't work your way into it. It says, you can have no part in this for your heart is not right with God. Paul saying, look, you can't have any part in it. Because why? Your heart's not right. Repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord Perhaps he will forgive your evil thoughts, for I can see that you are full of bitter jealousy and are held captive by sin. So Simon was full of what? Bitter jealousy. He was jealous. You know, you know and it's something to see even in the ministry. People will see a pastor or a teacher or whatever, even worship teams or worship groups, and it's like, that's what I want to be. And they get jealous and they get mad and they get bitter because they're not getting there because they're not doing anything to get there. They think they can just buy it or if I just hang out long enough, and I, I can sing pretty like Ray. And if I can do that, I tried to get Ray to lead worship this morning. He just said he wouldn't feel like it this morning. We have a little joke that we do about that all the time. And he probably can really sing, but he never lets, he, he, he always says he can't. But, but perhaps he'll forgive your evil thoughts because you're full of bitter jealousy. People get jealous of what somebody else has or what somebody else does. You know what? You got to take your eyes off of that. Because you'll get discouraged, you'll get depressed, you'll get mad and bitter. And You'll never go anywhere because you're trying to mimic or do what somebody else is doing, and you can't do that. Amen? Now, in the um, Amplified, verse 21 says it like this. It's pretty, it says, you have, in, you have neither part nor lot in this manner. Your heart is all wrong in God's sight, it is not straightforward or right before God. So he's saying, you know, you can't, you have no part in this because your heart's all wrong. And in God's sight, he can see it, he knows it, so you're not right or true before God. So God's not going to be able to bless what you're doing because the intent of your heart's wrong. What? And Jesus was 
talking to the Pharisees in Mark 7. And it says, Jesus replied, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Some strong stuff, right? Their hearts are far away from me. The heart, the intent of their heart is not with me and not for me and not near me. And he said their, their worship is a farce. It's not real. It's a joke. It's a farce. It's not real. They're just doing things. They're just mimicking things. And they are teaching people man-made ideas. And aren't we glad that doesn't happen today? I'm just kidding. There's so much of that out there. God forgive us. You know, and if the intent of our, just say, well, I, things aren't going like so-and-so's church, so let me go find out what he's doing and do it. It's not going to work that way. You got to do what God says to do. And we always meet our success by numbers and money and all that kind of stuff, and God doesn't meet our success like that. It's what's in the heart. It's the intent of the heart. You know, one of the things he asked Simon is, what, uh, what is, I'll ask you, what is your attitude in doing so? What is your attitude in doing whatever it is that you do? See, Simon had been a sorcerer for a long time. And he amazed the people. He, he claimed he was somebody great. And they often spoke of him as the great one. The power, the great one through the power of God. And they really listened to him because he astounded them with his magic. Man, this man is something. Look what he can do. But the people heard Philip's message and they started believing the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news of the kingdom of God. And it says as a result that many men and women were baptized. Many men and women were saved. Then it says Simon believed and was baptized. But see, that's the beginning for all of us. And at that point, we have to grow and mature in the word. But Simon didn't want to do all that because he'd been used to everybody Ooing and awing over him. You know, look at this is Simon. So he wanted to be able to do all the things of God that, that he was doing before in the same kind of way. And it can't work that way. To the point of, I'll, I'll just pay you. I'll just buy this thing, you know. That's probably what he'd done all his life. Well, you can't buy God's gift. You can't buy God's grace. You can't buy God's goodness. You can't buy his blessing. Amen? No matter what you do. So, again, the attitude Simon had was not only jealousy, but pride. I'm, si I'm uh, Simon. You know me. 
I mean, I've been pulling rabbits out of hats for a long time. <laughs> I've been doing this, and I've been doing that, and I've been making people astonished. And I got to keep doing that. But Peter and John had the right intent of the heart. And God used them because they had the right intent and they had the right attitude. That makes a lot, that, that's what makes the difference. And Jesus knew what his purpose was and what his intent was. And his purpose and his intent was to please his father. Peter and, and, and John wanted to please the father. We need to want to please the father. And everything that we do, it should please him. We should have that insight. You know, Lord, I want to do whatever you want me to do. As, as long, I want to please you. I, I want to... Um, we should have the, th you know, what they do at um, Chick-fil-A is when you say thank you, they say my pleasure. First, I was, first time I heard that, I was like, it's a little different, but my pleasure. That's what I'm here for is to please you, to make, you, make, you, make your experience here great. So we want to make sure that we please God. So what is, should be in our purpose and what should be in our heart? This statement, you must have a Christ-like attitude in order to carry out your purpose with the right intentions. You have to have the attitude of Christ. You have to have the attitude of Christ, right? This has to be the same attitude Christ did was to please his Father. And that's the attitude we have. <clears throat> And you know what? Everything Jesus did to please his father wasn't pleasant, was it? <laughs> you know, we have to do some unpleasant things sometimes. But if it's a God thing and it's what he wants us to do, that's what we do. Right? You know, I, I think about like we were at Mephibosheth Farms yesterday and what what they do, what God has <clears throat> Mike and, and all those doing that help and Ruby. Two, you know, I think that <clears throat> you got to know that's your calling for sure. Because he deals with, there's one little boy that's been there for a long time and we were on the golf cart with him and Mike's just, because he's constantly, you know, needing attention. Basically, but Mike, he knows how to do it, and he, he loves them. And then, you know, dealing with all those horses and having to, you know, feed them and water them. And, uh, so it's not like Mike's got this great thing, and he just sits on that golf cart and rides around and watches everybody do everything. But, it, but he, he's pleasing the Father, so it pleases him, Right? We have to have a Christ-like attitude that we, we're, when we want to please the Father, whatever He asks us to do. So, what it, what actually what is a Christ-like attitude? We talked a little bit about that, but I want you to read it, Matthew eleven and verse twenty-nine and thirty. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am what humble and gentle 
at heart. Jesus had a humble and a gentle heart. He had to have that because he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and he's come down here on earth. And you will find rest for your souls. For, your, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So we have to have humbleness. We have to be humble. What is the definition? Not proud or haughty. Not arrogant or assertive. It's not wallowing in the dirt. It's you just can't be proud and haughty. Jesus wasn't proud and haughty. You can't be arrogant. Well, I'm Jesus. So do this. Jesus knew how to speak to who he needed to speak to when he, because he listened to the Father. His heart was right. The intent of his heart was right. And then he says, I'm gentle. He had gentleness. The definition of gentleness is free from harshness, sternness, or violence. He wasn't harsh. He wasn't violent. You know, we have to put our hearts and put our focus on what God has for us to do. And, and when we think about this word yoke, we always think of, well, some of us, we get to see some in Nicaragua sometimes. They have these yokes and, you know, they got two animals and they're, they're going down through there. And we always think about a yoke as something jerking. But you know what the main purpose of a yoke is? Is to bring you together. Bring those two animals in union. So it's straight across there. So when they move, they're going same distance. They really can't outrun the other one because it'll get all out of whack. But it's straight. So the yoke is union. So what we do is not just work. What we do is being in union with Jesus. So whatever we do, we need to be in union with him. And he said that his yoke was easy and light. It wasn't heavy and hard. So we're we're toe-to-toe -to -toe with him. And if we'll get in there and if we'll move with him, it'll be great. It'll be easier. Amen? So that's what a union is. And, you know, he said, well... How can I find out if I have wrong intentions? The Word of God. Our intentions are exposed by the Word of God. When, when, when we start reading the Word and when we get the Word of God in us, guess what? That stuff will spring up and we'll know it's not right. Right? And that's where we need to t continue in the Word Continue forward in the Word. Keep going in the Word. Don't back off. Don't back out. Don't quit studying. What happens a lot of times, <laughs> sadly, but when things start being exposed and they start coming up inside, you're like, oh, I don't, let's, let's go somewhere else. Let's do something different. Let me go to another scripture. I like the scripture that says, blessed are those. <laughs> right? Much more than I was like, what's the intent of your heart? You know, um, so we've got to, and when we do that, let's deal with it. 
When that's exposed, let's see, Lord, what can I do to change that? What do I need to do? I'll just tell you, you need to get more, I'll start to say fuller. Is that a word? More full of the word or fuller of the word. It sounds good like that. You got to get filled with God's word. And when you do, those things will change inside of you. That's the only thing that will change you. You can't do it on your own or by yourself, right? Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Well, there's your scripture if you want to know where that came from. (laughs) He's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. When the word comes in, it'll find out, and you'll find out what the intent of your heart is. You know, I thought that that action word, then that's when you need to start acting, when the, when the, the word starts to bring those things out. The intent of the heart. Let's read the Amplified. For the word... That God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. You know, the Word of God can make you active, operative, energized, and effective. And that's the only thing that will make you effective in ministry. It's not you trying to be like somebody else. It's not you trying to do this. It's not you... um, Working all the time. Get hooked up with God's yoke and work at his pace and do what he says. Says it's sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, soul, and the immortal spirit. So it separates It finds that dividing line. Where's the dividing line? See, we live in a body. We're spirit. We live in a body. We have a soul. And one day, we won't be in this body. So our spirit man will take over. You know, what's really great is we won't be struggling with any fleshy stuff at that point. Right? We'll be all spirit. We won't have this body pulling on us. Isn't that going to be awesome? It's going to be, and it's going to be instantaneous. You know, I don't have a jacket on today, but if I did, I would, I've given you that before. You know, it's just like you walking down and your jacket falls off. Well, that was just a form and you just get growing. of joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature. The deepest parts. Exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. So the word exposes, it sifts, it analyzes, it judges the thoughts of a heart. You know what I'll say? Let the word judge you. Let the word analyze you 
You know, there's a reason for sifting. When Peggy bakes a cake, she sifts. She's got one of those. You know, ever done that? And when she gets done, everything up under there is just like fine. But there's a lot of stuff left in the other part a lot of times. If she can't break it up and you dump that out, you don't want that in the cake, right? You don't want to crunch down on something that ain't good. So we should be like Christ. And one of, one of the ways we should be like Christ is our intent should be to do the, what Christ commands us to do. What he has commanded us to do. That's what he said. I, I come to do what the Father wants me to do. So that's what we need to do. That's the intent that should be in our heart. Right? Mark 12, 29-31. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. As they asked Jesus, you know, what's the greatest commandment? And the next word he said is, listen, O Israel. And I'll say, listen, O church. The Lord our God is the one and only God. Amen. And you must love the Lord your God with all what? Your heart, your soul, and your mind. And all your strength. Every part that you are, right? From the inside out. And all the strength that you have spiritually. All the strength that you got to hear, you need to serve God. I want to say something about bodily strength. That's why we need to Keep this body as active as we can so we can serve God till till we go home to be with Jesus or he comes back and we'll still be going home with him, whatever, right? And and, and that way we can serve him effectively. The way that he called us to, the way that he wanted to. Amen, amen. And Hebrews 4, 12 and Amplified said, the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. So we got to love God with all that we are, which will make us, when you say love your neighbor as yourself, do you love yourself? Because if you don't, you're going to have a hard time loving your neighbor. If you don't like yourself, you ain't going to like your neighbor. What? It's true. So that's why if we allow God to fill us up, right? If we allow God to be who he is in and through us, and we learn to love like he loves, we won't love ourselves because we're, I'm me, you know, proud. But we love ourselves because we are doing what God has told us to do. And we need to love others that same way. We need to, let me put it this way. We need to have enough love for others that we'll do for them what we do for ourselves. Amen? We need to love ourselves enough that we, we, when we love others, we want to do for them. You know, um, 
Some things are hard to do. You know, it's hard to love others sometimes. They don't act right. Right? It's hard sometimes to love somebody that don't act right. So we first part of that, we got to love God. Right? We have to love God. And we got to love him with all our heart, our soul, and our mind. All that we are. We got to love God that much. And if we love God that much, we'll learn to love others. Right? We learn how God loves us and we learn to love him that way. And then he said in there again, love others. You know, have you ever met somebody that just, you really think they don't love nobody but themselves? I've been around people like that. You wonder if, if they even love any, anybody in their family or anything else. They love themselves so much. And if you don't believe that, you just be around them a little while and hear what they talk about. I did this and I did that and I did this and I did that. And then you try to say something about something you did and they start telling you how much they can do it better or they did it better. You've never been around anybody like that, have you? But you know what? We've got to love them too. Even though it's not easy. It's not easy. Mark 12, 29, 31 in the message says this. Jesus said, the first in importance is, listen, Israel, the Lord your God is one, so love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence and energy. That's why he tells us to renew our mind. We got to love him with all what we got up here, right? If we don't renew this mind, we can't love him like that. So every part of us, we got to love God with. And here is the second. Love others as well as you love yourself. There is no other commandment that ranks with these. Hmm. In other words, that, that, this is it, buddy. There's nothing else that's ever been commanded to do that I say that can be done without these first two. You can't effectively do anything else without these first two. So what, what are some commands? That's one of them. But when Jesus in Matthew 28 said this, isn't that something? He could, he could really have taken that somewhere, right? He's been given all authority in heaven and in earth. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So I want to make it simple. First, another command Jesus gave was bring people to Christ. And how do you do that? Loving them. 
showing them who Christ is. Not beating them over the head with, we used to call that years ago, beating them over the head with the Bible. And I think people used to literally do that. Um, and I've told you before, but I knew of a church that they would have people dress up in devil suits and get in a coffin, and they'd jump out and run you down the street. Have a little pitchfork thing, you know, and they'd be just running, you know. And people would be running away from them. What would you do? Repent, repent. Had a little red suit on, I don't promise you. <laughs> and what did that do for us? Nothing, honey. Maybe you wanted to get further away from it. So we got to bring people to Christ. We got to live the word in front of them. We got to act it in front of them. We've got to be who Jesus is to them in everything that we do. There's nothing that we do that, there's nothing that we do that should ever be apart from showing Christ to people. And in this day and time, that ain't easy, right? It's not easy at all. But Christ said, and then he said, make disciples, teach them. You know, the problem, you can't just win somebody to Christ. You got to teach them or make sure they get taught. Get, get them somewhere they get taught. Get them in the word. Get them in the church, whatever. Because if, if you just tell them about Christ and they accept Christ and they get baptized and you put them back down there in the world, they're going to have a tough time. Because when things come, they don't know how to combat it. They don't know how to, to, to combat the temptations that will come. Because, you know, we, ha- we know, we know how you do that, like Jesus did with the Word. Make disciples. Hallelujah. The intent of You know, as I was looking at this, I I thought about all the people that I've ever known. Probably not all the people, but, you know, a lot of people that impressed me. And um, there was a, a, a dear lady, dear Christian lady that we went to church with years ago in the late 70s. 80s and she went to be with Jesus I think last year and um, I think she loved everybody Miss Helen I mean she just seemed to love everybody and she wanted everybody to know Jesus and she did it in a good way she didn't badger him but she just wanted to know and she always and she, her home was I was a single guy when I first met her, and her home was always open to me and a couple of other guys. If we needed something to eat, we could go there. But she would, she'd go fix it if she didn't have it. She was a dear, sweet lady. And, and you know, if we want to see people come to Christ, then we got to be that way. We got to learn how to love people. We got to learn how to let the intent of our heart be right. So this morning I'll ask you, what is the intent of your heart? 
You don't have to answer me. <laughs> but that's something that we need to think about. Why am I, you know, one thing I thought about, why am I doing what I do? Is it because you get a pat on the back? Is it because you get a lot of money? Is it because you get to tell people what to do? <laughs> Why do you do what you do? Are you, or do you just feel like you're stuck where you're at and you can't do anything else? See, that's why we've got to learn, like Jesus did, to only do what the Father says to do. And we have to let the Word of God come in and pierce our heart, divide what needs to be divided, to separate those things, and expose our intentions. So I want to give you some homework this week. As you're in your study time, your devotional time, your prayer time, you know, say, Lord, I really want to know what the intentions of my heart. See, I think we can get fuzzy in, on that because we just keep doing things and doing things and we think it's great and we've lost our focus on what it really is. And I think we have to do a checkup every once in a while, make sure the intent of our heart is still good. We're not just... So involved or so far into what we're doing, it's so busy that we can't, you know what I'm saying? We, we think we're doing the right thing because we're in a place where we really can't do anything else much, right? We kind of feel like stuck in there. Not that you'll do anything else. Not that you might change the way you do it. You, you might check your purpose. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Let's stand this morning. You know, um, God is so awesome and so great and so mighty, and he loves us so much. <laughs> and I, I just want you to know how much he loves you. And, um, you know, just even this morning, I was, I'm like, wow, I'm checking my heart. I'm checking the intention of my heart. Why am I even preaching this? You know, what's the reason? You know, one of the things I think that we do, a lot of things that we do, and I know as a pastor sometimes, it's easy to be like, no, I, hope some, I hope they like it because, you know. And then when somebody says, oh, that was great, then you say, oh, that's good. But some people just tell you that every Sunday. I have known of people that would sleep through every sermon and tell you how great it was. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you're the King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, I just praise you, Lord, that we check the intentions of our heart. And the intent of our heart is to love you, to serve you, and to do what you've called us to do. And to do it the way that you've called us to do it. So, Lord, may each one of us today, this morning, and this week, begin to, to ex examine and let God examine our heart. Let the Word of God examine our heart and begin to make changes. Maybe where we need to make changes and watch that yoke become easy and the burden be light. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you so much for your Word. 
Thank you so much for your truth. I thank you, God, for your anointing and your power and your Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, that leads, guides, and directs us. And we give you all the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Have a great afternoon. We got some video announcements, I think. And I know you're getting out a little bit early, so you might have to wait on your kids, and that's fine. Be patient. Check the intent of your heart. God bless you. What a wonderful day it's been in the house of the Lord. We look forward to seeing y'all at the coming events this next week. On Wednesday night, we have adult discipleship. Then on Thursday night, we have our youth discipleship. Both of these are so important in our walk with God and in our time and fellowship together as we get intensive about the Word of God, as we dive deep into Scripture. We hope you'll be a part of those things. And then next Friday night is our encounter. Praise God, it's time for our fall encounter. We come together in a night of worship and prayer. Pastor Bill says it's time for us to mount up, and he's going to explain that further that night. But be in prayer, be in preparation to join us Friday night. We're looking so forward to seeing you there. Encounter starts at 7 p.m., and then next Sunday... We're going to come together again here in the house of the Lord. So you have a blessed afternoon. You have a blessed day. Spend time with family. Spend time in the word of God this week. We look forward to seeing you Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and especially next Sunday. Amen. Now, y'all pray for Robert. He had too much coffee this morning. <laughs> no, we, we did have to replace our projectors, and one of them's giving us, it's, it's